Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Husband. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Status Community Outreach Liaison of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm uh, moderately entertained by your pantomime of the uh, uh, intro this morning. Uh, you looked like a, I want to say like a 15th century thespian wow. uh, performing on stage. You know, that's yeah. exactly what I was going for. Uh, that's kind of the thing you had. Uh, that's what I, I pictured some, uh, you know, medieval uh, uh, fair uh, going on, and you up on stage uh, in like, uh, I don't know, purple bloomers or something like that. Uh, pantomiming the uh, beginning of the intro of the show. And folks, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, as the uh, as Scotty Ledger there is, is doing the announcements at the beginning of the, uh, the intro to the show, Alex is like um, lip syncing it and acting it out in this uh, some type of interpretive dance that he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why he does it, but he finds it highly amusing. It does amuse myself. Yeah. I, I do it yeah. more to amuse myself than amuse you. But to find out. I think out you do it to annoy me. No, no. If I was going to do it to annoy you, I would have. I would have just made fun of your voice because well, I yeah, know that's that, that true. works. Yeah. So, but I didn't do that. I actually refrained from doing that today, just because of how. No, happy. I refrained from doing that today. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> I'm just happy to be with you doing the show today. I am just fucking happy as a clam to be doing the show with you today. Yeah. Oh, what a fucking week. Yeah, a week, huh? <laughs> oh my god, what a week, man. Just immense amounts of craziness which is most of it is not for the air yeah i, I you you kind of briefed me on some of it uh, is there anything of this week that you uh, you would like to share with us okay so there is one thing that i would like to share and so i'm going to keep you know there's no names involved in it so i guess i can i can talk about the story but there was an employee that we have that is you know running into some hard times and so we're helping this person out now and they are uh, staying at the house now and I'm just, you know what, in this time frame in which there's so much strife and division and hatred that's going on in the world, it makes me feel extra better <laughs> to help someone along their journey. And that that's why life is worth living. And that's why it's one of these things where despite everything that's going on in the world and everything we're going to talk about today, which is some really bad stuff that I'm happy that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a shitty week overall, so much going on. That's not even funny, but at the same time to hear, you know, the little kid's voice and to kind of hear like a, a gleam of happiness or a gleam of hope out of their, out of their, you know, out of their mouths makes it worth it all. Like, I don't know how to explain it that way. And I almost feel selfish in my actions, not giving in my actions because of the way it makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. There's truth to that. Like it, it's, it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm and Danielle and Danielle felt the same way. Like I talked to her on the phone and she's, you know, she was just like, I wish we could do more and this and that. And I'm, you know, and so I just like, and I was so thankful today also in driving down here, even with all the drama in the morning that I dealt with, even though I got most of that drama taken care of, which worked out well, but even like, even to be able to be like, Oh, you know what, man, I get to go down and talk to Adrian. We get to get on the mics. We get to have a conversation. Cause I don't get to talk to you during the week very much because right. other than when I call you just to make sure we're doing the show. Right. Um, other than that, we don't get to talk very much. So it's just nice to be able to actually like I was so looking forward to today. Like nothing was going to derail today. No matter how everything tried to derail today, right. nothing, I was going to allow nothing to derail today. Well, I actually want to go back to something you said. And one of the things that you said is that you almost feel selfish about helping people because it makes you feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say that and I've never fully understood that. And I'm being totally honest here. When I have to make a sacrifice to help someone, 
it annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> but hang on a second. And I'm being totally realistic. It's like, oh, God, you're a pain in the ass. You're bothering me. You know, oh, fuck, you know, you're costing me money, all this shit. But by the same token, I know I'm doing something right if it annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's over. You know, it's, it's very Ayn Rand of you. I, you know, <laughs> maybe so. But that is a true thing. You know, well, no, no, it, it, be true. I'm yeah, not telling you, it, to be, you know, but, you got to tell your truth. Adrian. But I always hear that. Yeah, this is my truth. <laughs> I always hear that from people. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, I don't get that feeling when I help people, you know, but I, I, I do help people oh, in yeah. a lot of different situations. Uh, but it's, I find it annoying as fuck. You know, so I can understand for, why you'd say for that. me, it's an actual sacrifice for you. It's like masturbation. No, it's not the same as masturbation. Yeah. Okay, so it's definitely not on that level. I, I'm definitely not on that level. So it's it's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to explain it other than sometimes, like, and don't get me wrong, like, I understand the emo, I understand the emotion that you're feeling of having to be out of, like, your norm. Like, right. Because that's the thing. Like, the one thing yeah, this disruptive. does is it costs me, it, it does cause a disruption where I, what I'm, like, all I'm looking for right now at the end of the day is to be able to go into my garage, you know, hook it up and then pass out in there till about three in the morning and then go to bed. Right. Like, like, and in my comfy chair, read a chapter of Adrian's book. Right. Like just, you know, like I really just read a chapter of a book sometime and just kind of just chill out in there. Like that is my safe space. Right. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I see what's like, and maybe I see it more just because of like, just because of what I'm like, the interactions that I have with people and at the level of what these interactions are is that I'm, that I do deal with a lot of people that are dealing with issues and that, right. But the thing is, is that there are so many people right now in society that are hurting so badly, like that you can tell like that. They're just people that are like on the verge of tears every day, but they're still just trying the best to make it, you know? And right. Anything that you can do to try to help those people get better is what is going to make the world a better place. And that despite my cynicism towards what's going on right now, despite my, you know, knowledge of the train wreck that's coming and that watching it go at 50 miles an hour where it's going to all crash into it, each other and all go to hell in a handbasket. I feel like before, okay, before when we got involved in politics, it was, or when I got involved in politics, maybe not for you, but for me was. I wanted to do what I could to make the world a better place. And I had this grand vision of being able to do that, right? However, what I didn't do was take a look more closely at what can you as an individual do, not what, what you can inspire to do. And maybe the inspirations can come much more from your interactions one-on-one with people and make those direct kind of inspirations instead of going up there to give some cool fucking speech and to be fucking rock star Alex or whatever and, you know, get people on board with, you know, we're going to go, you know, we're going to restore our republic. You know what? How about we just restore the lives of the people that we know around us and try to make those people a better place and then let those ripples affect society in a way in which that they would supposed to affect society because there's no government that can do anything about that. Well, that's uh, pretty hypocritical of you. Why is that? Because you're literally doing a podcast as you speak. <laughs> that's true. Because we ain't one-on-one in it here, boy. We're mass communicating. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I really don't think we're totally mass communicating, only for the fact that I know the number of Patreons that we have, and I know how many listeners, I mean, I don't know how many listeners that we well, have. Well, we got a few thousand listeners, but, but, but we don't but, have many patrons. But all of our actions, by the way, probably make it, do we have less listeners, not more listeners? <laughs> oh, fuck the listeners, man. <laughs> if you listen to this, fuck you. Yeah, what the hell are you listen to our show for? How dare you? I forbid you. <laughs> no, but I now hang on. I, let, let's hope that uh, reverse psychology works for for most of our <laughs> listeners. I'm going to think that they're going to be like, "Don't tell me what to do." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fucking, listen, I'll fucking listen all the time. I'll listen to both hours and I'll freaking subscribe <laughs> right. just to piss you off, Adrian. God damn it! <laughs> so, Why do you always have to end those with "God damn it"? By the way, no, no, I'm not saying like just you, but like whenever you say something that you, you know, that you know, when you're mad and you're you have this righteous indignation, that you're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> I don't know, just kind of a like thing. my dad did it to me all the time. Oh and really? I, oh yeah, and I do the same thing now though. Like I'll do it sometimes. It, it, it's like a, uh, it, it's like a just kind of a closing note you know it's yeah. like kind of like the last word type of thing yeah yeah that's all it is yeah, yeah. god damn it <laughs> and it's it's one that kind of conveys that you lost the argument anyway 
Yeah, well, or that you're just so frustrated, right? That you're just so frustrated. You're like, God damn, I'm done. And I'm sometimes out. you do it when you. Sometimes I do it when I clench my teeth. I clench my teeth, and I'm like, God damn. <laughs> so, but, uh, but well, hang on a second. So, so with the family of five now living in your garage, yeah. Uh, have you? Uh, do you still have your security blanket? Yes. You do, yeah. No, because I'm at my mom's house right now. Oh, okay. Did like you, I'm not even. I don't even get to live there. Right did you now. bring your security blanket? I did bring my favorite blanket. I did bring my favorite okay. blanket. Well, the, so if you want to call it a security, I actually have two blankets. We, not we one. are calling it a security blanket. Now, in in having this discussion about an unrelated matter before the show, you revealed to me that you and your two wives, yes, um, who share the same bed, yes. Have three different blankets. That's correct. Yeah, that to me is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Yeah, okay, hold on here. Here's the thing. So actually what I have is I have two different blankets. So right. I have a bigger um, kind of normal bed blanket. Not super thick, but not super thin. I have that blanket. And then on top of that. Uh, is that like a comforter type of thing? Yeah, kind of comforter. Okay, so that covers the whole bed. It could cover. It covers my bed. Remember, we have three full size, or we have three twin size beds that are all connected to one another. Oh, okay. Because you can't get one big bed for three people. Oh, okay. Not if you want to. I mean, I don't want to touch people when I'm like, like if I want to touch in my bed, then we'll make that happen. Right. But like when we're You'll sleeping, go perpendicular so you don't fall in the cracks. <laughs> okay, there is definitely some work that needs to be done in that department. So we have to maneuver. There's some maneuvering around during the uh, during the hanky panky. Right. But you would think you'd need some straps is, or something to keep those beds together because well, I, I could picture them going all over the place. Actually, so at the bottom of the beds, they are zip tied. Like the frames are. Oh, zip-tied. okay. All right. So the frames are. I mean, they're not zip tied right this very second but they normally are zip tied yeah you, you, you would definitely need that we actually had to change it because danielle got an adjustable one so um which i haven't actually been back when that happens but so because i've been gone for a week so you have you all share the same comforter no we have three separate comforters. oh that is so weird dude okay so here's the thing <laughs> i have hold on let me get back to my let me get back to my thing okay. so i have two different blankets i have the regular comforter you know bed topper kind of blanket and then on top of that I have the weighted blanket. So I actually own a weighted blanket now, which I really like. So those two pieces of bedding material go with me wherever I go, hmm. no matter what. Yeah, that's uh, and not to mention, it sounds like that's the kind of blanket combo that you sh- would probably only use here in Florida, like, you know, I don't know, 10 nights a year. I use that every night. In the summer? I use it every night. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I'm completely, well, I'm not, I have underwear on, but other than that, I'm naked under the bed covers. Right. And I use those blankets. Wow. And I don't, it, it doesn't, I don't, I, I don't mind sleeping hot. I, it, like most of the time in the summer, I, I, I may not even sleep with a sheet on me. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. No, no, no. I definitely Sometimes sleep. I'll kick even the sheet off. No, know? no, no. I won't yeah. do that. Not, no, not anymore. No. I actually have a, like a, like a, like a fleece uh, one that I put on top of like it, I sleep on top of it, but I, I put the fleece one on top of the bed. So I lay on the fleece one and then I have the other two blankets to cover me. Right. Right. Well, I have to say, I do find it very strange that you each have your, um, your own blankets. And, you know, you asked me the question, do, do you and your wife fight over the blanket? And, you know, my answer is, well, yes. Well, then why don't you of solve course. the problem? Okay. You obviously don't understand marriage at all. Okay, marriage is a constant power struggle. And in my marriage, one of the few ways that I can display dominance is through the blanket while she's asleep. So, (laughs) okay, obviously I don't look at marriage the same way you do because the way I look at it is I got fucking two fucking wives. I'm going to get my own fucking blanket. Yeah. And they can have their own blanket and everybody's happy. No, see, you need to, you need to uh, display your dominance in that situation. Now, who sleeps where? I sleep in the middle. Oh, God. That's got to be just hideous. It, the only way it can... Here's the thing. In, in, a, in, a, in the kind of marriage that I have, right. the only way that it would work is if I slept in the middle. I guess so. But here's the thing. That, that, see, that would also throw off the blanket dynamic because being in the middle, you're never not going to have the covers on you unless yeah, somebody goes completely... But you never can in. control the covers. Right. That's a good point. Now, see, I understand. See, having the second wife really throws something in the, different in the dynamic. Even if I only had one, I still would want my own blanket. Yeah. I never want to share a blanket ever again. Right. right. Never. Yeah. I think technically, I would almost... And this is going to sound weird to say this way considering I have two wives. I would go back to the 1950 style of the way the beds were and have two separate beds. Right. 
Right. Like I would, I, I, there, I am never like I have, I have the last bed that I'm going to own. Really? I have a full size extended full size bed right. and I will never get rid of that bed hmm. no matter what. If I was alone, I'm keeping that bed and I'm just sleeping there. Right. Like I, I got the frame I like now. Like I have a very simple frame. There's no headboard. There's no backboard. There's no, or no footboard. There's none of that shit. It's just one fucking, it's very Spartan. Right. And you know what? I'm, I love it. I've never been happier with my bedding situation than I am right now. <laughs> just the fact that you describe it as a bedding situation. <laughs> well, it's the truth though. <laughs> I have the perfect bedding situation right now and I never want to change. Well, we appreciate the, uh, the debrief on your bedding situation. <laughs> there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> I just find it weird. I just don't think it's racist like calendars. Uh, wow. That was a horrible segue. I know. That just horrible. Why, why did you even bother? I, why, why? Why did you bother with that one? I don't even know. I mean, I've been trying not to call you out on segues, but dude, come on. I mean, no, no, it was bad. <clears throat> okay, let me ask you this question. Sure. Okay. Before year one, what was it called? Year zero. No, there was no year zero. Uh, there wasn't a name for it then. Uh, if, if I say something happened 10,000 years ago, I would say it was 8,000 what? BC. Right. And what does that stand for? Before Christ. Okay. And at, afterwards, if it's after year one, what do they use? They say AD. AD. Okay. Which is after? It's Anno Domini, which is uh, um, Latin for the year of our Lord. Okay. Okay. Well, they're changing that now. And I've noticed this gradually over many years, but now... Uh, like I uh, was actually uh, looking at flipping through channels and, and found the Pinellas County School Channel, and they refer always to anything before the year one, uh, before the birth of Christ, as BCE, and anything afterwards as CE. Now that stands for before Common Era and Common Era. And I thought to myself, you know, and, and they the reason that they say it is they're trying to be more inclusive because, um, you know, that's uh, that's uh, um, you know, it, it's based on Christianity. I mean, but our entire calendar system is based on Christianity because it was, you know, the year one is the year Christ was born. So it used to be before Christ and, and you know, <clears throat> in the year of our Lord, and now it's a uh, common era and before common era. I thought to myself, you know, that's so racist. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know how they can appropriate history uh, because, you know, they're they're taking this Asian man uh, who the calendar was based upon, and they're writing him out of existence, essentially. You know what I'm saying? And I find that in this time of all this anti-Asian hate, how could the government and the scientists and the schools all just try to erase an Asian man from history like that? You know, it, it makes no sense. Hold on, an Asian man? Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> right. Asia's the Middle East. Christ was born in Bethlehem, oh, which is on the continent of Asia. And, you know, so here's, and that's the funny part. If you were to totally flip it and do it in that way, okay, you could make a solid argument that the people in power were oppressing Asian culture. I mean, think about it. You see what I'm saying? But what it's like because Christianity trumps that. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. because white white people are Christians, you know, boom. You know. And the funny thing is is the Christians, a lot of the Christians would never actually defend that position because they're like, "Well, Jesus ain't Asian." <laughs> well, hang on a sec. Uh, can you sing that Christmas song, "The Little Town of What is it, Bethlehem?" Yeah. And where is that? In modern-day Palestine? And, and where is Palestine? Oh, it's in Asia, the continent of Asia. Oh, okay. I mean, it's never referred to that. Though. I know, but the point is, it goes to show you how everything that we just take for total granted, and everything that we look at and on its face, we look at. Oh, well, that's insensitive. You know what I'm saying? If you actually analyze it, there's always so many layers of ridiculousness in this thing. So, in order to stop offending Middle Easterners. For the most part. Yeah. Because when we talk about, because the Jews don't care about Christians, they're like, ah, yeah, whatever the Gentiles want to do, we don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the Jews don't really care about it. So when we it's take. It's the first time you've ever made an eight. Or made, and it wasn't bad. Jewish, I think I might have a, a, a Jewish right. character now. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's so we're, we're trying not to essentially offend Muslims. Yeah. Buddhists, Jews, Hindus, they generally don't care. They're like, oh, whatever, you know. 
Um, and the Chinese, they got their own calendar anyway. They're like, fuck you, Tao man. Um, you know, but so if you look at it that way, you would actually be able to say, well, Asians should be supporting this because it's, you know, based upon the history of an Asian man or the mythology, whatever you believe, you know, at, at this point, I think we can say it's history. Jesus was a historical character. Um, but by the same token, the people who are offended that they're changing the name from BC and AD would never use that argument. That's true. You know, because in their they mind. they would never think of the Middle East as Asia. Right. Because in, in their mind, uh, you know, Jesus is Scandinavian somehow. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and that's just, you know, everything that we deal with, with any type of ism, you know, is so contrived. And it's so ridiculously contrived. And when you try to erase history in whatever way you do it, you don't do anybody any favors. You know, and yeah, I was just thinking that today, watching them talk about, you know, a BCE and and CE, you know, and the, and, the, and in the year 1100 CE, it's like, really, you're going with that? And yeah, apparently everyone's going there that you will not see in any type of educational or scientific, um, you know, writings or, or talks anymore, anything with BC and AD. It's all BCE and CE. So, because they want to take, you know, Jesus out of, they're taking Jesus out of Christmas. Well, you know, they're saying that the use of this has, has nothing, has nothing to do with removing Christ from the calendar. It has everything to do with historical accuracy. Okay. They literally started time when the dude was born. Yeah. Well, not time, but you know, they started counting it different yeah. when the dude was born. So that's history. So the entire Western civilization started using a different calendar. Well, I think Constantine changed the calendar, you know, a couple of decades later, but, you know, it was further down the road. But yeah, they, they literally rewrote the calendar and everyone has been using it since. So it has everything to do with Christianity. You know, historically, from a historical perspective. Yeah, well, they're saying that there's no biblical authority for B.C. or A.D. It was created over 500 years after the events described in the Christian New Testament. Um, I, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was 500 years. I thought it, Constantine did it. Was uh, It might have been 500 years later. Yeah, 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 that makes about sense. Yeah. So, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Gregory did it. It was a Gregorian calendar, not Constantine. Like, the yeah. thing is, just, like, they just started it doing it then, you know, like. I, you know. Right, yeah. Look, I do think that the people that want to remove it out of there want to get rid of any references to Jesus but then it makes no they're sense atheists. but here's the thing if you take that reference out it makes no sense yeah okay it's but just like they're gonna come up with something else to say <laughs> then. Yeah, yeah there was this arbitrary thing that just one day they decided hey you know what for all of history prior to now we were counting backwards we don't know why yeah, and then today were. today we just decided you know what hey we're gonna flip it around and, and start from one yeah yeah it makes no sense out of context yeah. And it also, you know, uh, completely erases uh, the profound, profound and utterly um, world changing uh, impact that an Asian man had. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's the Asians. Yeah. Well, fuck the Asians anyway, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the Jewish Jewish people are the Asians, too, though. <laughs> That's true. They're yes. All the Asians. Exactly. We're all Asian. We're all Asian at the end of the day. Uh, well, yeah, and eventually we're all Af African. That's why I have no problem putting African-American on the forums. Because you trace it back far enough, I don't care who you are, you're African. I, I am only looking forward to when we start using Stardate. Star that would be cool. So I'm looking forward to Stardate. You know, I always, I, and here's the thing. Ray Bradbury never did anything uh, hodgepodge. So there's actually, and I, I, I don't know what it is, and I'm sure there's some of our listeners that know, there's probably some legitimate logical reason why the Stardates were they were in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because I think it's supposed to be like in the year 2400 in our time, in, in CE, <laughs> 2400 CE, but instead it's star date, you know, sometime. Yeah. Which actually does make sense because if you're traveling at uh, in excess of light speed, time's going to be all over the map. Yeah. Your time's going to be totally different than somebody else's time. In fact, you know, uh, theoretically, Star Trek could have never worked because by the time they got back to Earth, it would have been, you know, 10,000 years in the future. Yeah. You know, or yeah. Or they would have been. You I know. am surprised at how they do that, though. Right. But yeah. They never really explained that part. No, no. Uh, they they kind of threw something in there, you know, that uh, uh, they they throw a temporal displacement and, and, you know, Heisenberg uncertainty or what are the. the uh, a couple big. He Heisenberg uh, compensators to, you know, for how warp drives work and shit like that. So 
it's a possibility that if you're only moving through space and not through time because it's instantaneous, you know, through like a, a wormhole or something, that you may not experience the time dilation. Oh, so, okay. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> we got because of the time, because BCE. BCE, yeah. We went to Stardate. Yeah. Which Stardate is also racist. Stardate, well, absolutely I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Somehow. You know, they can't even put a regular black guy on there. There's always a, every black guy that they have on Star Trek always has some kind of problem. Like the one's got a big thing going on in his head. The other one can't see. That's a good point. Yeah. Or they put them in red shirt and kill them as soon as they hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they're red shirted. Yeah. And they get, and they get killed immediately. Right, right. Fucking red shirts, man. It was all white people other than that. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, the old Star Trek had an Asian. Oh, and Uhura was black. Right. So that was good. And, and, she Kirk, made, and she made it a long time. And Kirk kissed her, which was a really big deal in the 60s. Yeah, back in the day. Yes, yeah, it was. So I though, like Star Trek. I like the next generation the best. I know that's probably a blast. That, that was actually, yeah, I have to say that was my favorite. I like that one the best. I remember, oh God, <laughs> I remember somewhere around 1988, um, I was... Uh, living in a van uh down by the ocean down by the ocean <laughs> yeah and uh this was uh, somewhere off of a1a down in you know uh, south florida and uh met this guy down there and he says hey man come over to my place i got the full full vhs of all the star trek series so we we uh did acid and literally watched from episode one from the pilot every single star trek episode on acid how was it it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best, was the best episode I've ever watched. It was outstanding. <laughs> and it was VHS, huh? It was VHS. Now, did yeah. you actually rewind them when you were done watching each one? I'm pretty sure the guy had a rewinder. Oh, yeah. oh it was high tech. Then. Yeah, well, everybody had a rewinder back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you had that thing next to your VCR, took it out, put it in there, just automatically rewind to the tape. Yeah. So you could take it back to Blockbuster without getting the, you know, 50 cent penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days, huh? Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of stuff that happened this week. However, I wanted to get into this issue first because I really do think that this is very telling and you may not agree with me here, Okay. but I did want to bring it up. I think that one of the main reasons that the establishment hated Trump so much was because of his views on foreign policy. Uh, yeah. 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 And I'm not going to say that he was totally like Ron Paul anti-war. But I do think that he was anti-wasting time war things. It, yeah, it wasn't like his go-to position. Like, he wasn't a member. Like, he's not a committed neocon. He's not a member of the military-industrial complex. He views it as a waste of money, but sometimes you got to do it, though. But at the same time, I think that you... you uh, what's the word for it? Like, he's not like... He loves the troops, but he loves the troops because he has to say that. But he doesn't really love anything but himself. Well, yeah, yeah. But he knew that you had to say nice things about the troops because those people are going to vote for you and things like that. But I think that, and the the, the incident that I'm going to use is the whole Russian, uh, the Russian bounty thing. So that came out a while back that the Russians were putting a bounty on American citizens or American soldiers in Afghanistan that if the Taliban were to kill one of them, that the Russians would give them a bounty. Right. Now, it sounded like shit from the get-go. But it was such a, it was such a, like you can tell who the neocons are because neocons are not just Republicans. The Democrats, there's Democrats that are neocons too, namely Clinton, Biden, people like that. Right. Yeah. They're committed neocons too. And so when you see a story like that to where you have the entire media complex going after Trump for that and Trump's like, it's a fake news story. It's not real. And then you see so many people that were so committed and that they passed legislation because of this um, that to find out later on that this is all fake and that Trump was completely right, but to see the mobilization of the right and the left against Trump only goes to show me that at the end of the day, there's only one issue that is like the most, imp I don't want to say it's the most important issue, but it's basically like the, the one issue that I'll give you a pass on everything else if you're this. And that is the war position. Well, first of all, I do have a couple of questions and I didn't read the article. So tell me how it has been shown that this is false. Because that the bounties were false because the, the, the intelligence agencies have come out and said that there's a low probability to no probability that this actually happened. Okay. 
So it is U.S. intelligence communities that are now saying that this probably didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. The Biden administration has put it out. Okay. All right. Well, then there you go. All right. Um, here's the thing. I see that as being completely and totally plausible. But the Russians were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Now, they may not have been doing it, and the, the intelligence community may be telling the truth now, or they might have been telling the truth then. Um, I don't know, but I, I could see it as completely plausible. Yeah, that is not... But out- that's why they did it. Right. Because yeah. it's completely plausible. Yeah, it, it is not outside the 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 norm for Russia to do something like that, especially well, right now. And this, well, and the scary thing right now, though, is is that we have an administration that wants to go to war with Russia. Uh, I don't think they do. I think they do. I don't think they do. I, I don't think they want to go to war with Russia. Um, but They don't want peace, though. It, here's the weird thing. It's like it, Biden gets in office, and Russia and China, and we talked about this a little bit, and I, I think it, part of it has to do with how much of a loose cannon Trump was. And I think that the fact he was such a loose cannon, even though his first instinct wasn't to, to fight a war, he could be pushed in such a way where he might have you know, just snapped and gone full on. He, he ran off at the mouth a lot. He talked shit. Yeah, but there was also the underlying, he was always willing to burn everything down if it benefited him. And there was no doubt that the, in the end we saw that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He yeah. was willing to do yeah. that. So I think China and Russia knew that. But what's happened now is Biden gets in office and China and Russia are back like, oh, yeah, game on. China's yeah, eyeball. Because he's almost a dead man. Uh, I don't think it's that. But here's the thing. I think they know that, yes, he is a neocon. And yes, he is going to respond. But he's going to respond in a very limited fashion. Yes. You know? Well, even with the sanctions that they're Russia, doing on Russia right now, that it's all it's all for show. Like it's not going to really do anything. No, no. And the sanctions that they're putting on Russia right now are supposedly for the hacking incidents. Yeah. You no, know? Yeah. Not for this. And, and for the campaign manipulation. You <laughs> Jesus know. Christ. I know. I, how many? Here's the thing. And, and you know, I always hate to I hate to go down the blame America thing, but how many elections have we influenced? Right. How many elections have we have we put our thumb on the scale on right. around the world? Right. Not even to mention the ones we're doing here, but around the world, how many have we done? And you know what? It's a lot. It's not a little. It's a lot. And here's the thing. You know how they influence elections? They bought advertising. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and they talked to people on Facebook. Yeah. And they told them to vote for that person. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's low level. Right. I, I, I don't even think it's illegal. I, I, there's, I can't picture anything illegal about it. I mean, do I want him to do it? I mean, that's literally no. what campaigns are about is influencing voters. Yes. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, absolutely. And so I get it that you don't necessarily want other countries influencing voters, but, you know, how are you going to stop it? This is where this is where that we as a country need to just start acting right and then they wouldn't have the propaganda to do it with. Because in all reality, like even when we go after China and we're saying that China's doing this and China's doing this and they come back and say, well, America's doing this and America's doing that. Right. One doesn't make right for the other. Like, I don't like the fifth grade argument, but the fifth grade argument has validity. Right. It's true. Well, you did it first. It doesn't put it, it doesn't put it in complete context. Like, look, like when we were going after the Uyghur Muslim things and they were saying, well, you know, these guys are doing this to the Uyghur Muslims. Like, well, you guys used to do that to black people. And it's like, hold on, that doesn't make it right. And we stopped doing that shit. Yeah. We, we figured out that was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to figure out that you're wrong, but they're not going to, because look, the communists are definitely evil. Like, don't get me wrong. The communists are absolutely evil. Oh, it's, yeah, especially the Chinese. Yeah. And, and the Russians are fairly evil, too. Yeah, yeah, but they're not as much communist anymore, though. No, no. They're just uh, really, they're becoming a dictatorship under Putin. They really Well, are. I think it's a, it, they're very much nationalist. Yes. Oh, yeah. Maybe, very. Not, and maybe not fascist nationalist, but nationalist nonetheless. Uh, Aggressive uh, nationalism. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and look, it's, we got to, here's the thing. The last thing that we need in this world right now is for a full-scale war. Uh, maybe not. Well, I, I wouldn't want it. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe a full-scale war might be a good thing in the long run. You never can tell with these things. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'd hate to see lots of people lose their lives, but it's... Or a nuclear winner. Uh, eh, no, that might not be so bad. You know? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, you know, to do well, it right. I'm saying I, well, the problem is that we live in the area in which is going to get nuked. Eh, yeah. We live in a nuke area. Eh, flip a coin. You know, roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Let's push the big one and see how it turns out. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is, is Russia and China have definitely gotten froggy now that uh, um, 
uh, what's his name? The uh, crazy old man's in office. Biden. What the fuck's President Biden? Yeah. Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? I hate him. <laughs> I don't care. I, I just him. don't care. I just hate him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it is interesting, you know, how they waited for this to happen. Yeah, yeah, they knew. You know, the other thing that I find interesting is that as soon as the Democrats in office, all of a sudden we have mass shootings all over the place again. You know, we went for a while where it seemed like the mass shootings were on the decline. That's COVID, though. No, nah, I think it was longer than that. Mm, I don't think so. Really? Nah, I, it think seems it was, like it was, I think it felt that way more because of COVID, though. Yeah. Because yeah. once COVID happened, then the number then the number of mass shootings went down. Yeah. yeah. It just always seems that uh, the mass shootings are a convenient excuse for Democrats to push gun control. Well, that's true. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. They, they are not above standing on the, on the graves of dead people right. in order to push their agenda, which will do nothing to actually curb the thing that they're standing on the graves for anyway. Like the reason those people died, it wasn't ghost guns that killed those people. So for you to make an executive order to ban ghost guns is stupid only for the fact that it's not even going to be effective of what you're trying to do. And those people that are doing ghost guns are like hobbyists and shit like that. Like, it's not like, it's not like anybody's really killing them, killing people with ghost guns. Well, kind of like that kid that shot up the FedEx facility in Indianapolis this week. Uh, the feds actually went and took his guns away uh, prior to that. Yeah. Yeah. He still managed to get more. I, it, you're not going to stop this. And that's right. the thing. Like whenever you hear like Kamala Harris, that disgusting human being or Joe Biden or any of these people talk about like, you know, we have to do something about gun violence. No, no, no. You got to do something about violence, but you don't have anything that you can do about violence other than to making sure other people are armed. So if someone gets violent that we can kill them quicker. Right. That's yeah. it. And it's not going to be the cops that are going to do it. It's going to be the people that are being shot at that can return fire. Because if here's the thing, this dude's not going into FedEx to go blow stuff up. I mean, maybe he would go to there, but well, he wouldn't kill as many people if he had some motherfuckers that were armed there. The cops can't uh, can't help you because they're too busy shooting black kids. <laughs> you know, they got a job to do, man. <laughs> what in the hell is going on with that? By the way, you know, I can mean, we stop shooting? Here's the thing. Do you know what the difference between a taser and a fucking and your gun is? By right. the way, like why in the how in the fuck did you? Fuck that one up so bad. Right. And why did you need a gun? Why did you need anything at that point? The, you pulled the guy over for an expired tag and he had a misdemeanor warrant. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If he's going to run, let him fucking run. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really? I mean, yeah, you, you don't go to deadly force there. Yeah, I don't get the, I mean, I. They, it, it, that's I don't the mind thing. the taser part, though. The taser is potentially deadly force. I don't mind the taser part, though. <sighs> Hold on. Let me ask you a question. Would your mind be different if it was a felony? If it was a violent fel felony, possibly. Okay. But it was a mis... The warrant he had was a stupid misdemeanor bench warrant. Okay. All right. You know so, what I'm saying? But but so you're Here's saying the, thing. the severity of the crime comes into play for you. It, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Because if this guy had an outstanding warrant for being violent... Okay, for, for something severe. If he was wanted for rape or murder or, you know, some, you know, extreme if violence. If he infringed on the rights of someone else and did so in a violent way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then I think that, you know, stepping it up to that level is a lot more um, at least justified. Okay. But for a misdemeanor, I, I don't think this is ever justified. It's kind of like the 73-year-old uh, woman with dementia the cops beat up um, uh, because she uh, apparently shoplifted something from Walmart. What? Yeah. Oh, Is you that didn't see that one? Too? I, I don't think I put that one in the show notes, but it's another example. It's, it's you know, she shoplifted from Walmart. She's got dementia, like severe dementia. She's walking down the road um, and, uh, you know, the cops stop her and she's like, I just want to go home. I, I don't know where I am. I just want to go home. And they tackle her, break her arm, um, bust up her face. She's a 73-year-old woman with dementia. You know, it's just absolutely insane what's going on. Um, you know, and, and then you have the story of the army officer, you know, black guy gets pulled over for apparently not having a license plate, even though he did have a, a temporary tag up in the window and they pepper spray him and threaten to shoot this guy for just nothing. He's a, he's a, a U.S. army lieutenant in uniform and, and that should be irrelevant. That should not matter. That just takes it to the next level that, <clears throat> you know, even if you are a racist cop that just, you know, pulls over for black people for being black. Uh, you see a guy literally in uniform showing you his military ID, <clears throat> then you should probably step it down a notch. But the guy just kept escalating. 
Yeah, and that's going on left and right. Well, that guy and got, you just had, that guy got fired. That guy deservedly so. Oh yeah. And now apparently there was another shooting uh, yesterday in um, uh, Portland, and they're rioting there. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have another very you know BLM summer. You know? A very tumultuous summer. Huh? I, I think so, and I think deservedly so because the cops haven't figured this shit out yet. But you got to shop. You got to stop shooting people. Right now, there was one uh, shooting this week, and we're just literally we're just like talking about the sh- the things that happened this week. Yeah, this, this is this, this week is this shit. week, right? Uh, so there was in Chicago, police uh, got reports of uh, gunfire at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, they go into the alley. They find this thirteen-year-old uh, kid with a gun. Uh, he's running down the alley. He ducks in between a break in the fence. And as he does, he turns around, and as he turns around, he throws the gun behind the fence and then raises his hands, okay? Like, you know, empty hands up. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he is giving up. Now, the cop, this all happened, like, in one second. Uh, The cop ended up shooting the kid, okay? Mm -hmm. Which, look, the kid was on the wrong path, but it's still tragic when a 13-year-old kid gets shot. Well, yeah, you don't want the kid to get shot, but at the same time, though, like, you also shouldn't be... Firing a gun in a dark alley at fucking three in the morning. Well, yeah, yeah. The the kid put himself in a really bad situation. That doesn't justify you being killed. Actually, in this case, I think the shooting was fairly justified, you know. But it's just another instance of it. I'm saying the the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime and the fact that you shouldn't be killed for that. Right. But at the same time, though, if you're going to have a gun. Look, if you're a cop and you're going to shots fired. Right. You can't. um, Look, you can't really assess the age of the person right then and there when you have like one second to react in a dark alley at three in the fucking morning. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is, look, picture yourself. You're in your bed, okay? And you wake up in the middle of the night because you heard gunshots, okay? Mm -hmm. And you go outside to investigate. Now, I believe that your response is going to be much much, much more subdued than law enforcement. That's the difference there is because law cops, I think, escalate it way beyond what the normal person would do because in their mind, they know that the world has got their back if they do it. Yeah. And that is the difference because if, if I'm in that situation, you know, I'm going to make 100% damn sure that I know what I'm doing when I pull that trigger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the cops, they, they don't as much. But having said that, that shooting was probably justified. If you've seen the, the body cam video on that. If you see the whole body cam if video. If you see the that. whole body cam video on that, you do see that, you know, the kid, one second before he was shot, did have a gun in his hand. He tossed it and then raised his hands, but the cop just didn't react fast enough. But that is the problem, is that he shouldn't have been reacting that quickly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why don't cops take cover? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's, right. I, look, I would never do the job. So first off, I'd never be a cop. Not today. No. I, even before I wouldn't have been a cop, but I wouldn't do the job. And to be in those situations where you have to make a split second decision of whether you're going to shoot somebody or not, that's where I think I'd probably end up being dead because I wouldn't want to shoot anybody. Uh, yeah. I'd have a hard time. You know? Because you don't like even with look when you hear the woman like taser 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 and then shoots the gun instead it's like how how right. did you not know that there was how the do gun you not in your feel hand? the difference like they there's got to be a difference between the two yeah yeah and if you were that scared then you shouldn't have been a cop she either. was that scared I don't think I, I there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that at the moment she believed she was going to tase the guy she was just confused I don't believe that she intentionally shot that guy yeah you know but. You know, yeah, it's, it just goes to show you that they're just, we've wound them up. It, it's like, here's the thing. We created an entire, um, basically, class of, of Americans who are pit bulls. You know, we shouldn't be surprised when they bite. That's, That's what we've made cops. We've made cops pit bulls. I mean, in order to do the job the way that they are need to no, do the job. No, no, no. The way they believe they need to do the job. Well, the way they've been trained to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. At, at this time, and at this time, here's the thing. By changing them from peace officers to law enforcement was the beginning of this process. Right, right. And it took a long time, but that's really what it, where it's at right now. Is that they're, if, you, if their job was to just maintain the peace, 
Right. Then that's what they would do. But they're not job isn't to maintain the peace. They're revenue generators. Oh, yeah. With yeah. guns. And there's a whole different set of rules for them and everybody else, like the story out of Broward County. Um, there was a party going on in Broward County. And uh, the, they're making a lot of noise. It's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. They're partying, hooting and hollering. The neighbors call the cops, right? Cops show up. Uh, Broward County deputies show up. And it turns out that one of the guests at the parties is the Brown, Broward County Sheriff. <laughs> so the some of the party goers tell the deputies that, uh, yeah, the uh, Sheriff Gregory's inside. You know? And they're like, no, he's not. And they're like, and the guy, one guy pulls out his phone and says, yeah, yeah, here you go. Here's a picture of me and him, like, from taken from an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and they freaked out and they left. You know, here's the thing. If that was pretty much anyone else, that party would have been shut down. Mm -hmm. If it, hang on a second. If it was normal suburban white people, they would have come in and said, hey, you need to shut this party down. You know, we're getting noise complaints, you know, keep it down. And they, no one would have got arrested or anything like that. Okay. If it was in the ghetto in a black community, they would have gone in there and started searching people. Yep. Yeah. And that is the difference. There are different classes of people that get treated differently by the police. And that's the way the world works. And because this was, oh, well, the sheriff was attending this party. It's completely hands off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it's a, you know, middle class white neighborhood, it's somewhat hands off. So do you think that the. And if it's a low class neighborhood, all bets are off. So if you think that it's. if And again. I don't like you to use the word systemic racism, but if you think if there's an area in which that exists within law enforcement, it is within the realm of officer discretion. Yes. Oh, without question, without question, but it's only partially racism. It's also it's socioeconomic more than it's it, race. It, 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 no, it's, it's, it's both. It's, I wouldn't say it's one more than another, but it's both. And it's also, um, how, um, anyone who stands up for the rights, ends up eventually falling into that same category unless they are happen to be at, at, at the top level crat you know we'll use that term yeah you know so if, if they're in in the the crat level of uh you know the the socioeconomic strata they're going to get away with pretty much anything at that point well i and i also okay i also think that you can see how can i describe this the right way i think for a while we were in that category that if the cops looked us up at all that we would get away with basically anything that was like low level stuff. Well, that was an order. I mean, we found out that they were ordered to hands Just off. Just to hands off. Yeah, because they didn't want the court case. They knew. They knew. And what we're like talking. They knew we were asking for it. Yeah. Well, what we're talking about is is for a long time um, we drove without licenses. Um, I specifically went on and was challenging law enforcement and telling them how I was going to sue them. It was all about the facial recognition mm -hmm. that in 2011. The real ID. The real ID and all that. It was a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And I had laid out a complete case and if you want to look this very up, well by the way well thank you if you want to look this up it's all over that you can find the the history of it just google, on the interwebs yeah google my name and real id and you'll find stuff about it yeah uh but anyway so there was a time where in at least in the state of florida i'm pretty sure that there was a um a uh, a, a note in our david database which is the police the one the police have in their cruisers that says just you know uh, do not stop other than for felonies. Yeah. You know, because I tell you, I would get, you know, I would have cops come behind me, run my tag. And when they ran my tag, they knew that I had an expired driver's license, mm -hmm. um, you know, or surrendered driver's license and they wouldn't pull me over. Oh, I remember one time the you know, the cops went to Danielle, uh, Danielle went to go get her kids and, and the, the, oh, right. the ex-husband was like, she's driving without a license. And the cop was like, are you driving without a license? She's like, yeah. And then he pulled her off the side. He's like, I can't tell you why I can't arrest you, but I can't arrest you. So I'm just going to leave and you just got to, you, right. yeah. you got to go. Yeah. He told her that. Yeah. So we knew that that was the case, but you know, so it, it has to do with, and that was a, that was a, a unique situation. Yeah, that yeah. was only because they knew that if they did arrest us for that, we would be taking it to court. And there was a possibility that we could win that court case and it would overturn the way they issue driver's yeah. licenses, Florida. And nobody in government wanted to deal with that. Yeah. You know, so that was really the reason it was it was easier on them to let us go. It wasn't because we were special or anything. Yeah. But, you know, it goes to show you is if if you defy them. You know, it can go the other way, too. They can make an example of you uh, like this guy in uh, uh, in New Mexico. Uh, he was out along the border uh, just taking photographs, an American uh, on the U.S. border taking photographs. Uh, the Border Patrol pulls up and they don't like that he's taking photographs. Okay. 
Um, and so they're like, uh, give us your camera. We want you to race all that. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm a U.S. citizen on U.S. territory taking photogra- photographs in public. I can do whatever I want. So they used it as an excuse to search his vehicle um, because they said he was in the border zone, which is a constitution exclusion zone, which is an absolute true thing, according to the federal courts. Mm-hmm. Um, so they searched his vehicle and inside they found five bullets. No gun, but five bullets, okay? Uh, And they declared them to be munitions of war. And they seized his vehicle and kept it for two years until he finally sued them. Yeah. And it was like a $50,000 F-250. You know, this guy was still having to make payments on the thing. He had to walk, like, you know, from the the detention center through the middle of the desert to get to, like, a payphone so he could call someone to come get him. And and it was just because he was, you know, he defied authority, even though he was 100% legally within his rights to do what he was doing. uh, You know, they uh, they just wanted to screw with him and they did and they found any excuse they could to do it, you know, and and that's just an example of how police are today. Well, listen, uh, listen to this part, by the way. So in the article, I got rights, I got constitutional rights and he snaps back at me. You don't have no rights here. I'm sick and tired of hearing about your rights. (laughs) Exactly. If I was a police, if I was in charge of that person, that statement alone, I would fire you. Uh, no, he's actually correct. They, the fact that you believe that, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I understand that the Supreme Court has made things on that. Right. But they shouldn't act that way. Oh, they shouldn't, but they do because they, that's how the law has been interpreted. Yeah. You know, within one, think about this for a minute. Within 100 miles of the border, the border patrol can search any vehicle, any person, any property, your phone, your papers, your effects, you know, that sort of thing, um, without a warrant and without probable cause. And the Supreme Court has upheld that because the Department of Homeland Security said, well, if it's within 100 miles of the border, uh, then we have jurisdiction and, you know, we, we, we need to have this power. And the, the, the court said, okay, now think about, think about a map of the United States of America. Think about 100 miles from the border. And think about all the cities that are in there. Yeah. Well, well, let's start up in the top left corner. We got Seattle. We got Portland. We got San Francisco. We got Sacramento. We got L.A. You know, take it around. We got, you know, uh, Las Vegas. We got, uh, you know. Tampa. Well, yeah, we don't have to get We got Houston. We got El Paso. We got Dallas. We got New Orleans. We got Mobile. We got Tallahassee, Tampa, Miami, Jacksonville. Go up the East Coast. Literally, New York. L.A. or or, uh, Boston, D.C., you Mm -hmm. know, uh, everywhere. Charlotte, everywhere is within 100 miles of the border. And they can literally, again, uh, suspend the Fourth Amendment at their discretion. And that's what they did to this guy because they didn't like that he was taking pictures and he wouldn't give them to him. Unbelievable. That's the problem that we have in this country. Also, hold on. From the article as well. This is the guy. I said, how am I going to get home? There's this smirk I can't forget. We don't care how you get home. That was from the Border Patrol agents. Right. Like, here's the thing. These people are paid by taxpayer dollars. And they kept his truck for two years. And they kept his fucking truck for two years, you evil motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, here's the thing. It's just, it's, you know, so That's I had... That's a spare spite right there. So I had, the, um, I had the fire department come, the fire inspector people come to right. the office. Because the second time that they've come now. Yeah. Because they came before and... I, and I think that Danielle sometimes doesn't understand it and Kelly definitely doesn't understand it is that I'm not nice to these people. Right. And the reason I'm not nice to these people is because they don't deserve to be nice. Like they don't deserve any respect. No quarter. They're not, they're not there for safety reasons. They're not there at all for that. They're there to make sure you comply with the law. And I kept, and like the first time I wouldn't even sign the paperwork. I wouldn't even sign it. I'm like, I'm not signing anything, you know? I'm not going to do it. Right. And the th- look, they didn't get me on much anyway. They got me on the fire extinguisher wasn't certified. It wasn't hanging up somewhere. And um, the exit sign had a light out in it or something like that. Right. I'm in a warehouse, man. Like I'm in a big fucking warehouse, man. Like it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Oh, and the numbers on the door weren't big enough for them. Right. The, the building number or like the address was not big enough for them. Right. So I didn't get any of this stuff done. None. <laughs> None of it. Okay. They come back and they give me now the 10-day warning. And he, right. he's looking at me. And I'm just like, 
he knew I didn't like him because he was there the last time. Right. And he would not walk into the, um, into the, um, uh, into, into the, uh, the into the warehouse building, right? He would not walk into it. He walked right to the edge of it. And I will say to his credit, I will say he actually was not mean. He was polite. And even despite that, I'm not, I'm still not happy with it. Right. Like I'm still not like, you know, luckily the, the fire people, there's a fire uh, certification place in the same area that I'm at right now. So I just went over there and got it and got that part of it done. Cause I got 10 days now to do it or they're going to do it. And at this point, it's not just me. There's other people involved. The other people involved don't feel the same way that I feel. I got to get the stuff done. Right. Yeah. I don't want to get the stuff done. And I made that point to him. I'm like, well, if I don't get it done, what are you going to do? Shut you down. And he was like, well, you have a license and a permit. So I said, so you're going to commit violence on me in order to do that. You're going to shut me down, huh? Yeah. And he was like, well, that could be one of the options that they do. Look, I'm I'm just trying to, you know, and he's almost like, look, I'm just trying to, you know. Just doing my job. Yeah. I mean, we can do that, you know, and he's not being a dick about it. So like, I'm like. That's the thing, and, and that is the problem. It doesn't even register with those people what your what your real argument is. They can't even comprehend the world that you live in. Yeah, yeah. Well, because well, he kept saying, "Well, this is for safety," and I'm right. like, "Let me ask you a question: What do the fuck do the numbers have to do with safety? Like, really? The numbers are on the door. They're not big enough for you, so you want them bigger. But I could put bigger numbers at the fucking bottom, and you'd never see them. Right. So it doesn't matter as long as they're big enough. Then that's all that matters. Right." Like, I wouldn't call you. I didn't say this to him, but I wanted to. I wouldn't call you anyway. I just let it burn. I'd rather let it burn <laughs> than to true. call you motherfuckers. Okay. All right. Now you're getting a bit excessive. I, I would get a little. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little hyper. I'd never call the police, though. I, yeah, I understand that. Look, there was like, we had But I've never heard a case of the fire department showing up and shooting people. That's true. <laughs> so. I had an employee that we couldn't find for a couple days, right? Right. I didn't call the police for health and wellness. Really? I would rather just go over there myself and see if I could find them. Yeah. Well, did you? I f- eventually found them, yes. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't call the cops. I'm like, you know what? I'm not calling the cops. I'm not calling the cops anymore. Like, they have gotten past the point now to where I don't ever want them to be involved yeah, in anything I'm doing. There's virtually no situation where I would call the police. You know, I in, didn't unless, even used to feel this way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The I think the only exception, if it was such an extreme case that I would be uh, found negligent, or responsible for not calling the police. That was about the only way I would call the police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. The only thing, yeah. If I was ended up shooting someone, right? I think I would end up calling the police for that because if I don't do that, then they're going to think I was trying to hide something. Yeah, But exactly. I would want to be make sure I was justified in the shooting of the person. But. Yeah, and, and well, I, I'm talking about any situation where there's, you know, a, something that is so immediately severe that you just have to call the police yeah you know what i'm saying but i would hate to man i would hate i my point is i would never call for anything that there was any remote possibility that i could solve myself or was not going to end in extreme violence yeah you know just because it's it's the risk of introducing extreme violence to the situation is so high when you call the police you know but here's the thing too is that i'm not one of these and again this is where we're going to get in a disagreement here i'm not one of these defund the police people I'm a get rid of the law people. Well, I don't think you can do one without the other, honestly. You know what I'm saying? You're look, the 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 legislatures around the world are never going to just, you know, start erasing laws from the book. The only way to do it is to make it so that law enforcement doesn't have the resources to do anything but police the really serious stuff. They don't have the time to go fucking around pulling people over for doing 10 over the speed limit. You know, they don't have the time to harass people for a taillight out. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how you do it. That's how you achieve it. Um, it's, you know, it's the same reason that, it, like we talk about everything else, if enough people are doing it, then the police are powerless to really enforce it. You know, and it's by the same token, if you take away resources from the law enforcement, then more and more things become um, the police are powerless to enforce it. And I think what will happen then is they will have to recenter themselves to focus only on the real crimes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what they would do, which is what I would rather them do. Right. Like solve some shit. Yeah. Don't you go know? looking for trouble. Yeah, go solve the problems that are already out there. Exactly. Or, or the thing is this, just go arrest the people that are supposed to be arrested. Right. Like, you know how big the warrants are out there? You know, like, it, it, well, here's the thing, but don't go there with a SWAT team and shoot them all to hell. Right. Like, just go knock on a door. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Beza did. Right. That's the thing. That's the one thing about Beza that when he came in here and sat down, where if you don't know, go to one of the episodes. Go, go back and, and listen to And that. listen to Beza's episode. I, I, I think it's called A Libertarian Cop in a Totalitarian World or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. But, but look that up. It's a great, great episode. And uh, it's that, the only guest Adrian would allow to come back. That is, actually. Or yeah. allow to be here to begin yeah. with. Um, and uh, since we're at the end of the show, uh, we're going to tell you to go to Unattended Baggage, or I'm sorry, go to Patreon.com forward slash Unattended Baggage. Sign up, become a patron. You'll get all the second hours of all the shows, including this second hour. Uh, and uh, you also get a whole bunch of free swag, including the new Anarchist Guild coin. Yes. Yep. Uh, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. So go to uh, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, and then you can actually listen to that uh, that Beza episode, which honestly, that was one of the best shows we've ever done. You yeah. Know, having him on really just made such a huge difference in... And I think people's understanding of what, you know, policing could really be. Yeah. You know, if more just acted like him. All right, guys, our number two is coming up. We'll see you on the other side. 